Welcome to the Colorado Fire College Podcast, your source for knowledge to keep you in the fight. Stay tuned for the latest educational lectures, new product reviews, and interviews with the top firefighting professionals. Let's get started. Here are your hosts, Lieutenant Chris Gay and Lieutenant Jordan Sherrill. Hello, and welcome to Colorado Fire College, your source for knowledge to keep you in the fight. I'm your host, Lieutenant Chris Gay, and today we're going to be recording in Blackhawk, Colorado. In this episode, I want to take a moment and tell you about the podcast, who I am, and why I created it. Let's start with the why. While I was working as a train coordinator for a local department in Colorado, I noticed that a lot of people were struggling with becoming a certified firefighter for many different reasons. One of the largest areas I noticed that needed help was hazardous materials awareness and operations. The need for additional education became very apparent. People struggled to understand the concepts, and I thought I could help. I created Colorado Fire College in an effort to aid more people in getting the critical knowledge they need to stay safe and become certified firefighters and EMS professionals. We will be discussing in details many different aspects of fire, hazmat, and EMS. This podcast will mainly be based on education, but we'll also have some product reviews and professional interviews from industry leaders from across the nation. So you might be asking yourself, who the hell is Lieutenant Chris Gay? Well, let me start by telling you about myself and how I ended up in public service. I currently work as a firefighter paramedic, but I've also held some administrative roles such as training coordinator and grant author. I've been fortunate enough to obtain my firefighter two my hazardous material technician, my fire instructor, including the 1403 live fire instructor. I have also been a paramedic for about five years and recently received my FAA unmanned aerial surveillance remote pilot license. I am currently working to complete my fire officer one and my safety officer certifications. I attend fire and EMS conferences annually to stay on top of new trends and products. To date, I have successfully written over $29,000 worth of grants in the past year alone. So why did I get into public service? We'll grab some coffee, sit back for a quick story. It was a brisk morning, October 2001. I was driving the city of Apple Valley, Minnesota in my red 1988 Honda Prelude, jamming out to music on my way to work. At that time, I was working as a concrete laborer, and I really wasn't looking forward to going to work. I was driving along, and all of a sudden the car in front of me locked up their brakes. I couldn't understand why they stopped so abruptly. They got out, looked like they were on their cell phone, but looked like they were somewhat panicked. At that point, I got out of my car myself. I could hear the cars whizzing by. As I progressed towards the other car, I realized cars were coming by fast. At that point, I noticed there was a helmet. There was a motorcycle. There was a person in the street. I believe the person who was on the phone was calling 911. At that point, I didn't have any medical training. All I knew is how to treat for shock from being a wrestling coach, and I knew I had to cover the person, elevate their feet, or at least at that time, that's what we did. So I quickly ran back to my car and grabbed some pizza bags from delivering pizzas. I quickly ran over the person and covered them up with all the pizza bags I had and tried to hold them still from moving around. They were moaning and growing. And out of nowhere, An ambulance and fire truck appeared. The ambulance passed me and parked far ahead of me while the fire truck parked before the accident. I didn't understand their parking arrangement at the time, but they quickly met up with me. They asked me to continue holding the person's head in place while they quickly did their assessment. 
I had no clue what was going on. The paramedic there kept talking to the patient. I was pretty sure he couldn't understand him. He was unconscious. He was barely breathing. The paramedic and EMTs worked swiftly. The firefighters quickly secured the scene. All this chaos had some sort of organization to it. It was quite impressive. Soon out of nowhere, the paramedics started talking about a helicopter landing and fire securing a landing zone at the intersection directly across from us. The paramedic explained to the patient that the helicopter was going to circle over us to make sure that was the safest spot to land. And soon they did land. The patient was quickly loaded into the helicopter, and the helicopter took off. I'm not sure if that person ever survived. But at the end of it, walking back to my car, I was in awe at what I had saw, what I experienced, what I had a chance to become first part hand of. To this day, I don't know why they allowed me to participate in holding C-spine, but I got to see EMS and fire firsthand, and it changed my life forever. But that's not how all of us came into the service. My co-host, Colorado State Patrol Hazardous Material Specialist Jordan Sherrill, has a bit more practicality when it came to getting into the public service. Here's his response. Originally, what had drawn me to the profession was um, I had uh, started out looking at just going uh, from EMT over directly to paramedic. Uh, and I had no intention of either becoming a cop or becoming a firefighter. But when I was in my class, the medics had told me directly is the, the most important thing that you can do is get experience uh, one to three years just being an EMT before you become a paramedic. So they ended up uh, recommending I at least volunteer with a place while I consider moving on to medic. And uh, out of the two out of the three places, one of them was a fire department. Um and I and it was the one that was literally at the top of the list. So that was the place that I picked because I think the other two was uh, two ambulance companies that took on volunteers. So from that point, I ended up uh, joining Sable and specifically targeted the EMS division. And that was when being on the fire department gave me my first taste of what firefighting was. And then from there, I decided, well, I want to be a firefighter now. And uh, partly what drew me to that was just the uh, the brotherhood of the fire department. It was like a, having a second family. It wasn't like the jobs that I've had before where you just work and it's you go and you do your time and you leave. The firefighters always kept in touch with each other. So from there... I end up uh, within, I think, the first two or three years of being with Sable, uh, they sent out a message about, hey, there's this hazmat technician class coming up um, after I graduated the fire academy. So I ended up signing up for that, and uh, I went through Signet's hazardous materials technician class. That was what gave me my first taste of, I want to be a hazmat technician. So I started... After I passed that class, I started looking at larger departments that had hazmat teams. The only downside was the metro area at the time was obsessed with paramedics. So I did not have uh, the golden ticket. So I started trying to figure out, well, what am I going to do for income? My brother had been picked up as a police officer down in Lamar. So I figured uh, I could at least be a cop part-time. 
uh, if not full-time, so I put myself through a post-academy. And from there, uh, I went down to my, my first police job was actually down at Lamar. And I started running across state troopers. And when I was talking with them, I found out the state patrol has a hazardous materials unit. And that became my next uh, target. Uh, by the time I finally joined state patrol, uh, went through my road time as a trooper before I got on the hazmat unit, the fire departments ironically had started to back away from requiring medic, and now they're hiring EMTs. But since I got on the, the unit with state patrol, that's pretty much where I've sat. I think it served you pretty well, though, hasn't it? It has. So it's, it is a unique mix because typically uh, it, it's a comfortable rivalry between fire departments and law enforcement. Um, but being on both sides of the fence, if you will, has given me a unique perspective. Uh, so much so that I actually started taking a significant amount of FEMA courses, which is what they refer to as all-hazards approach. Uh, and when you look at that, a fire department has its own priorities on incidents. Law enforcement has their own, and at times, EMS and HAZMAT also have their own priorities. And having a foot in every door allows me to look at a scene completely differently rather than looking at it through just the eyes of a firefighter, a hazardous materials technician, uh, EMS provider, or law enforcement, I see that entire spectrum. I can see which agencies are going to be thinking what, how they want to approach that scene, and what their priorities are going to be, so I can work with everyone who shows up. Hopefully that gives you a little bit more about us, our background, and where we're going to be taking Colorado Fire College. Our goal is to provide a new podcast every week. If you ever have questions, feel free to email them to us. We'll do our very best to answer them. We appreciate you tuning in. In the future, you should see conferences and courses being offered in person. Be safe out there. Thanks for listening to the Colorado Fire College Podcast. We release a new podcast every Wednesday. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. While you're at it, leave us a rating and review to make it easier for others to find the show. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Colorado Fire College. Visit our website at coloradofirecollege.com. Sign up for our newsletter and get access to even more content. You can even ask questions or recommend topics to be featured on upcoming episodes. That's coloradofirecollege.com.